Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Let's ride. For the words that are recited before each and every game here at Dodger Stadium. Take it away, Finn. It's time for Dodger Baseball. What is going on, Dodger fans? Thank you for listening to another episode of the Incline Dodgers podcast. We are presented by Fansided and TickPick. This is like our second episode, I think, of the official offseason, and the Los Angeles Dodgers have officially done nothing. But I am excited for this episode because the Dodgers are swirling with rumors right now. I can't wait to dive into it. We've got pitching options. We've got superstar hitters that the Dodgers are linked to, and the Dodgers have made a couple minor moves that we might dive into. If you're following along on YouTube, please subscribe to the channel right now. If you're listening on the audio feed, make sure you are downloading and subscribing to our episodes as well. This is Kevin Klein speaking. Well, let's get going. It's just me and Jake Reiner tonight. Jake, what's been new with you? It's been about a couple weeks since we've last talked. There weren't really much. There wasn't really much in the rumor market, but the Dodgers are swirling and they have a lot of players they're linked to as the hot stove is heating up. That's all I see is any notable player that's available. The Dodgers have been linked to most recently it was Aaron Nola, who ended up going back to the Phillies. Turns out, according to the Philly, one of the Phillies beat writers, the Dodgers offered uh, a contract to Aaron Nola that was under what the Phillies ended up giving him, which was over $170 million. The Dodgers offered somewhere in the 165 range, if you're to believe that report. So what that tells me the Dodgers are willing to spend, which is a good sign. But other than that, I mean, you know, the usual Otani rumors are out there. We've heard about Dylan Cease. Um, we've heard about Yamamoto. We've heard about Snell. Uh, we've heard about maybe a trade for Corbin Burns and Willie Adamas. We've also been linked to Bo Bichette. I mean, just the names are endless. I, I like all of those players. I think the Dodgers with any combination of those players are going to have a successful offseason. But as of right now, it's very, very quiet in terms of any of the big moves that the Dodgers are planning on making. I assume that once Otani signs with whatever team, that's kind of when we'll see the rest of the players get picked up, but don't know when that's going to happen. Right now it's got to be Shohei Otani and two starting pitchers for the Dodgers this off season. I think that's the clear agenda as they are missing a lot of arms based off last season. We've already lost Lance Lynn in free agency. I can't wait to talk about that in a couple minutes. But right now, the offseason of agenda for the Dodgers has to be Shohei Otani and two starting pitchers. Jake already talked about that the Dodgers, are they were linked to Aaron Noel. They offered a pretty competitive offer, in my opinion, the $165 million. I think that was spread across seven years, though, or six years. I think that was six years. Noel got seven years, a little bit more from Philadelphia. 
So I like that the Dodgers are in it right now. In terms of the Dylan Cease rumor, I think that's where we should really get started. This seems like one of two major arms that the Dodgers are for sure going to target. It felt like the Dodgers kind of were interested in Dylan Cease around the trade deadline, but the Chicago White Sox may have had too high of an asking price. It seems like they're just blowing up that entire roster right now. There were some reports from Bob Nightingale who broke the Aaron Nola story, so we might as well give Bob his flowers because he says that the Dodgers are targeting Dylan Cease. He didn't mention if there were any other names that the Dodgers were trying to get along with Dylan Cease from the White Sox, but it is clear as day that the Dodgers are trying to work a deal out with Dylan Cease. In terms of what the Dodgers would have to offer to get Dylan Cease, do you have any kind of frame in mind what you think that package might look like? Well, um, the Dodgers also, they also just came out with the baseball perspectives uh, or baseball America, I should say top 10 Dodgers prospects. And a lot of those guys on that list could be involved in future trades. Uh, guys like Michael Bush, um, guys like uh, Miguel Vargas, um, uh, Stone, Gavin Stone. Um I'm not really sure what the what the price would be for a Dylan Cease. I would imagine that he's probably a lesser package than a Corbin Burns because Burns is a Cy Young Award winner, and and Cease certainly has that potential. But I'm not so sure that he's on that Corbin Burns level. So maybe something a little less than that. Um, that it would it wouldn't take like you know, an entire army of, you know, an elite top prospect pitcher and a position player, but maybe like a Michael Bush by himself, or maybe they could work out some if, but if, but if they want to pair him with like a Luis Robert or something like that, then, then I would consider maybe putting a little bit more into that package. But if you're just going for Dylan Cease, I would, I, I would assume that maybe a you know top tier prospect and maybe a, a lower level prospect um, would would work in in the White Sox favor. Am I kind of on the right track here? Uh, sort of. I don't know if Dylan Cease would cost less than Corbin Burns because Corbin Burns is a one year rental essentially who has already come out and said that he is going to test free agency and he's a Scott Boris client. I don't think he would be any have any interest in signing an extension. And Dylan Cease, on the other hand, he's got at least two full years of control. He might have three, but I think it's two now. In terms of who's the better pitcher, though, mm, it is definitely okay. Corbin Burns. I don't think Michael Bush would be enough for Dylan Cease. 1v1, that would probably be something that the White Sox just hang up the phone and laugh at the Dodgers. I think that the Dodgers would have to include Michael Bush and then probably Gavin Stone or Emmett Sheehan, whoever they're more inclined to trade. And then on top of that, the Dodgers probably have to throw in one more pitch. Yeah, prospect. I was saying I, I, yeah, I wasn't saying that it would be a one v one Michael Bush for Dylan Cease. I would say it would have to be a package that wouldn't necessarily. I, I don't think it would be as big of a package um, that you would have to put up for a Corbin Burns and or Willie Adamas. They're both going to be expensive at the end of the day. I do think that Corbin Burns could slightly yeah. command a little bit more from the Brewers, but we're splitting hairs here, to be honest. I saw some rumors coming around from White Sox fans that they said that James Outman would have to be included in this Dylan Cease trade. No, thank you. James Outman is a cornerstone piece for the Dodgers for the foreseeable future. And this team needs outfielders. So if you part ways with Outman, I don't want to live in a world where you have 
Mookie Betts either in right field or they put him at second base. And then you're looking at outfielders. Yeah. And then you're looking at outfielders like Chris Taylor and left. They'd have to sign another center fielder. I don't want Harrison Bader or Kevin Kiermeyer, a scrub out there in center. And then Mookie Betts platooning with Jason Hayward again. No, thank you. If they're going to have though, what if though, Luis Robert was in this package deal? Would you then consider Outman? You would have to have Robert in there for sure. Then I would do it only because Luis Robert is like a superstar outfielder. He's a good defensive center fielder, but I think the Dodgers could potentially, instead of going after Robert, who's really expensive, why not just get Eloy Jimenez? They need a left fielder. I don't know that Jimenez has it in him to stay healthy full for a full season. That's been the biggest knock on his career. But I mean, my God, this guy kind of screams Adolis Garcia to me. If you get him on the right team, his big right-handed bat who could just go bananas in the postseason. I feel like the Dodgers need someone along that caliber. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, obviously you'd want him on the field and that's been the biggest knock on his career, like you mentioned, but also Luis Robert too, to a little bit of a lesser degree, he, he struggles to stay on the field. So you're, you're taking a risk there, especially with Eloy Jimenez. I wonder what his market is right now. I know I saw a report that the White Sox were being, you know, they were willing to listen to offers on Eloy Jimenez, but I wonder if his market is is a lot less now, given the fact that he's just hurt every season. Yeah, I I can't imagine that the asking price is that high for Jimenez, but it would probably cost a decent prospect. They have a lot of those. The the baseball prospectus was really interesting because Diego Cartaya really fell down. I think he was the ninth top ninth prospect. Well, he had a bad year. He did have a bad year. He really struggled. He hurt his market value. At this point, the Dodgers almost have to keep him to get that value back. It was a miserable double A season. But the other thing that kind of concerns me about Dylan Cease, I don't know if you can call him a clear ace. He hasn't been an all-star. He had his one incredible 2022 season where he finished, I believe, second in Cy Young. But then he took a huge step back this most recent season. And it's not like he's pitching in a tough division. He's pitching in the AL Central. Easiest division. For sure. And I mean, this guy also walks a lot at batters. I think he leads baseball usually in walks surrendered. Now, that's obviously something that the Dodgers can control. And at the end of the day, Dylan Cease does have nasty stuff. But I am a little concerned to overpay for a guy like Dylan Cease, who I do think he is, at the end of the day, a pretty strong number two. I don't know if he's an ace per se, but the one thing that I was reading about him was he had Tommy John surgery 2013. So that's about 10 years ago. And I mean, history is not on your side. Usually when you have your first Tommy John surgery, your elbow tends to last anywhere between like six to nine years. So I'm not saying that it's going to happen again, but it, it does scare me for the Dodgers to potentially overpay for a guy who had the surgery 10 years ago and then boom, Year one, something happens. Now we're back in the same hole, but we've lost some top prospects because we overpaid for Cease. Right, and that's why I, that's why I would want a package with like a Robert or Robert or an Elo Jimenez or so, someone else on that roster that we we could use other than Dylan Cease. Maybe one of their relievers. I don't know, but um, I, I just 
I, I worry about that. And you know what you're getting with Corbin Burns. I mean, he's a, well, is he a two-time Cy Young Award winner or he at least has one? One. Um, he he's the type of he has one. Um, he has the ace type stuff that could be at the top of your rotation. Don't really know that about Dylan Cease. I mean, I I would assume that he would be competing with the likes of a Bobby Miller uh and Walker Bueller for that number one spot. And that's another guy. Walker Bueller's another wild card. You know, what is he, you know, what, what can you count on anything for him? In my opinion, I think you can count on nothing from him or you should at least act as if you can't count on him for anything and prepare that he's not going to be there so that if he is there, it's like an added bonus. Uh, if he's able to be healthy and effective and sort of the old Walker Bueller that we know and love you, you plan for a rotation without him so that you can, you know, stack that, stack that rotation and I just want to say, you know, uh, I've I've sort of been banging my fists on the table for to try and find guys that can perform in the postseason, mainly offensive players that can perform in the postseason. And while I do think there is some value to that, I think I've sort of shifted my opinion on that, Kevin, and I'm kind of going maybe a little bit towards your side here. And the focus has to be pitching no matter what, because once you get to the postseason, the offense is either going to show up or they're not. But the pitching is something that you can really plan for. You know guys can pitch in the postseason. Um, it's a lot. I don't want to say it's easier than hitting in the postseason, but it's you can control it much more in the sense that you can beef up your starting rotation. You can beef up your bullpen. You can stack your lineup as, as much as you want, but – whether or not they show up in the postseason is a, a, a crapshoot. So you just got to make sure that you have a good enough roster to score runs, and then just pray that they're that they come alive in the postseason. Pray that your best player on your team, Mookie Betts, doesn't go zero for eleven. Pray that Freddie Freeman bounces back from a down year in the postseason. And if you have great enough pitching, you can keep this team in games long enough to where they can wake up. And that's what kind of what we saw last season uh, where the Dodgers would start slow, then the sixth, seventh inning would roll around, then they'd wake up because the pitching kept them in the game. So that's kind of my philosophy now looking at this offseason. Yeah. You mentioned Corbin Burns. We've both mentioned Corbin Burns a number of times. Robert Murray said that the Dodgers, right now he thinks they're more likely to get Dylan Cease than Corbin Burns, but my goodness... If you're banging your fist on pitching, I'm banging my head to get Corbin Burns. I really want this guy. Last season, I felt like the cost was too much for Corbin Burns. And I mean, he didn't even exactly pitch great against the Diamondbacks in the wild card round. He gave up a couple home runs, at least in that defeat. But I think this season he's motivated. It's a contract year. It's not going to be like the Julio Arias contract year situation. I'm almost certain of that. I think this is a guy that is really hungry to one compete for a good team. He'll have some run support without a doubt. Imagine if they have Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, and Shohei Otani to back him up with some run support Unlike the likes of the corpse of Christian Yelich and Lorenzo Cain for a couple years. And um, who else sucked for the Brewers? Oh, Keston Huera. Just wash guys like that. But I feel like Corbin Burns, man, on the Dodgers. This is a bona fide ace. 
Like this is a guy you feel good about giving the ball to in game one. Or if you're like Dave Roberts, who always plans for a game five or game seven, for whatever reason, he doesn't go for the sweep. He goes for the long, the end game, which drives me nuts. But regardless, what I'm trying to say here is that Corbin Burns feels like for sure a Cy Young caliber ace that the Dodgers could lean on heavily, give them six innings, probably pretty consistently with a shit ton of strikeouts. And so I feel pretty comfortable giving up a lot, even if it's just a one year a one-year deal for Corbin Burns. I think it's worth it. I think this is a guy that could lead the Dodgers to a World Series. This guy just feels like he's destined to have a breakout postseason. Um, I don't want to jinx him or anything, but you take Corbin Burns, and I do feel like the Dodgers still need to acquire a shortstop. I don't really want to hand Gavin Lux the reins at short anymore. He's coming off that knee construction surgery. I don't really want to put all the pressure on the world on him. I'd rather kind of ease him back into getting into the baseball mindset. And if you look at an infield defense of Muncie at third, Lux at short, potentially Vargas at second, that's pretty bad. But if you go Muncie at third, Adamas at short, and Lux at second, you have to feel pretty good about the Dodgers defensively, in my opinion. Oh, 100%. And I'm with you on Gavin Lux. As much as I am a fan of his, I think maybe even more of a fan of his than you are. Oh, I still obvious. feel like yeah, I still feel like he needs to kind of earn that spot back. And I don't just mean by his production. I mean by his ability to be available. And that's been the that's been a really big knock on him, not even just with this uh, season ending, you know, knee injury that he had in spring training. But even in years prior to that, he's been injured um, and has missed significant time. So that's the number one thing. Is he going to be available? And then is he effective? And I think that if he's healthy, he's going to be good. But putting all your chips at, you know, on, you know, putting all your chips into the for Gavin Locks to be your everyday shortstop is just oh, we're getting Miguel Rojas back, but I want him on the bench. I want him, you know, spelling these guys and and giving these guys a rest. I don't want to see his name in the lineup every day. Totally. My internet's been acting up. I'm going to look in the chat right now, see what people are saying out here. Gyther White's not too optimistic. Spoiler alert, the offense will not show up. And then he also says, what about the guy that's pitching lights out in the KBO? I have no idea who we're talking about here. You're going to have to be more specific. But who I will talk about who's pitching lights out in Japan is Yoshinobu Yamamoto. The last time the Dodgers took a chance on a Yamamoto, he literally retired like a couple weeks later. Not going to be the same case (laughs) with this guy who we've talked about a couple times now. But I feel like Aaron Nola kind of set the market. If he got 172 million over seven years, I'm pretty sure Yamamoto's camp is saying, well, if he got that, then we should be able to get something comped pretty close to that. And I feel like half the league is in on this guy. We already know multiple reporters have said the Dodgers are in on this guy. And yes, there are some people out there with the contrarian mindset saying, well, we haven't seen him pitch at the major league level. Honestly, I feel like this is the most hyped Japanese pitching prospect that there's ever been more than Daisuke Matsusaka, more than Masahiro Tanaka. I'm willing for the Dodgers to take a huge chance because this guy is only 25. 
He's shown nothing but just success out there in Japan. I mean, the numbers that he's putting on out there are astronomical. We're talking like low ones, high t- uh, lower twos sometimes, depending on the season. And I believe in his last outing, which was a World Series game, he threw nine innings of one or shutout ball. He was also great in the World Baseball Classic. He That too. So if the do- think- Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no, you'll go first. I mean, I would love to get Yamamoto. I would love to get Yamamoto, Otani, and Burns, and and maybe one more outfield bat and call it a day. Like, that that would be a win for this offseason to get all of those players. And the Dodgers certainly can get all of those players. We'll just have to see how aggressive they're going to be. They haven't been that aggressive recently over the past couple of seasons, but I feel like what happened last off season and also the trade deadline is an indication that they're going to be aggressive this off season. I just, what I don't want to do is waste another season of Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman on this team and not go for the world series title. We, we, we need to, we need to have like a Rams year, right? Where it was mm-hmm. like, it lined up perfectly for the Rams. They went out and got Odell Beckham Jr. They went out and got Vaughn Miller. I mean, they, st- you know, down years after that for the Rams. And I don't think the Dodgers will be in the same boat because they're built for the long haul. But Jesus Christ, let's just throw our weight around and just get all this talent and just stack this deck as as big as we can because that's kind of what we're gearing up for. That's what I want to see. And I I, I want to see that the, the front office is serious because as we saw on their year-end press conference, they basically said that they weren't going to change any personnel and that they didn't really feel like anything needed to change in terms of their philosophy. Well, okay, fine. If they're going to keep all of those guys intact, which I disagree with, but okay, fine. We're with you on that, I guess. The thing that you can change is the is the roster. So I, I'm I'm really looking forward to the Dodgers making this roster the best it's ever been, and then reinforcing what we don't have, or maybe due to injury, don't have at the trade deadline, and be aggressive there too. So far, the Dodgers really haven't made any roster moves, which is kind of frustrating. I was surprised that they brought back Victor Gonzalez and even Ryan Yarbrough, to be honest. I mean, they left Yarbrough off the postseason roster, so that kind of shows you how much faith they have in him. But, I mean, can we end the Victor Gonzalez experiment already? I mean, the last time he was any good was 2020, and he's shown some flashes the last season or so. But this guy is just another Scott Alexander. I I dread to say his name, but... Victor Gonzalez is literally just Scott Alexander 2.0 again. They're giving him like a million dollars to suck. Just we need roster spaces. The 40 man roster is now at 39 guys. That means they can only sign one guy technically, and then they'd have to get rid of people. Yeah, I disagree with your comparison uh, between Victor Gonzalez and Scott Alexander, because Victor Gonzalez in that 2020 year all the way through Scott Alexander never was even close to that level but 
I do agree that he's has regressed significantly. We knew he had a bad knee injury. He was battling some other injuries and he hasn't returned to form. Although last season, like you said, we did see, we did see some flashes. I don't see what the harm is in bringing a guy like that back just to see what we've got, um, uh, you know, for lefties in the bullpen, same with Yarborough. I mean, he was effective throughout the, the, the time that we had him and, the fact that he didn't make the postseason roster, I don't think was that big of a deal because I can't uh, I can't see a scenario in which we really needed him. Um, it was already a foregone conclusion that we were going to lose that series in the mm-hmm. first inning of game one. So I don't know what Ryan Yarborough would have done in that situation, but for a full season to cover a rotation that has a lot of holes in it and is very injury prone. I like a guy like Yarbrough. I like a guy that you can just plug in and play, uh, whether he's an opener, a starter, or a long man, or whatever the case may be. Fair enough. I can't really disagree with that assessment. At the end of the day, he is cheap, and he will eat up innings in some capacity. Um, I can't really pull up the chat right now, Jake, because my internet's sucking. So if you can let me know what people are saying out there, feel free to shout some people about. But in the meantime, I have some questions on Instagram. Let's start with, Chris, Chris C. Etan, do you think we should trade Alex Vessia? I'll start with trade that. Him? Yeah, trade Alex Vessia for the right price. Why not? I feel like Alex Vessia has really regressed and they need to upgrade the, the lefties in the pen, to be honest. Caleb Ferguson was kind of a roller coaster seesaw experiment but I feel like the upside and ceiling with him is probably a greater flash than what we're going to get with Alex Vesia. So if the price is right, sure. Why not? I mean, again, I mean, Vesia is another young controllable talent that has shown success in the past. And he had a pretty electric 2022 season um, before it went to shit in the in, in game four or whatever it was of the NLDS against the Padres. Um, yeah. But he shouldn't have even been in that situation to begin with. I mean, if the package seems right to trade him in a deal that would get us like a Corbin Burns or a Dylan Cease or one of those guys. Yeah, I mean, of course, but like just to trade him to get him off the team, I don't think that that's wise. Next up on Instagram, Javi790791. If Dodgers trade off Vargas and Bush, what would you want in return? I think the answer lies in Milwaukee, and his name is Corbin Burns. Yep, I agree with that. AO underscore Christian19. Who will be the Dodgers' first signing? And we're not going to count Ricky Venasco or whatever his name is. I don't think we should count him as the Dodgers' first signing. Are we we under the impression that Otani is going to go first and then set the market from there? Because if that's the case, then it's... If that's your opinion, you can stick to that. I honestly think it's going to still be pitchers. Well, we do know that Yamamoto, right, was posted and the window begins tomorrow morning. Yeah. So I don't know how quick that's going to materialize, but I have to imagine that all the teams that are ready to um, pursue him are going to just, you know, clamor and get their offers in as quickly as possible. But I don't know how that, how that process is going to go. Um, So I would either, I would either say Yamamoto or Otani. 
I'm going to throw a curveball out there and say the Dodgers sign Jordan Montgomery out of nowhere. I love it. I love it. And and also the Dodgers need a lefty. Uh, That's they, exactly they, my mindset. They have no lefties right now. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking ahead to some of these rotation projections for 2025, and people are assuming that they sign Otani. So you're looking at potentially Otani, who's a righty, and then Miller, Pepio, Sheehan, all righties. And then I know that it's been asked in the chat and it's going to be asked online. Should the Dodgers take a flyer on Brandon Woodruff? I mean, I don't mind it, but then he's a righty. Dustin May's a righty and Tony Gonsolin's a righty. So where's the lefty? Right. Yeah. I mean, it's either Montgomery or you're going after Blake Snell. I think you got to I think you got to get one of those guys. Having a lefty starting pitcher is is huge. That's another name that the Dodgers have been linked to. Do you buy it? Do you think the Dodgers are going to put in an offer for Blake Snell? Would you be happy know. with the signing? I don't know. I mean, here's the thing, right? He is he is durable. He's a two-time Cy Young Award winner. He doesn't go deep into games. He's never I don't think he's ever had a complete game. Um or it's been a while since he's had one. I think I saw that stat somewhere. Um, he doesn't, uh, go deep into ball games and that can be a problem over the course of a full season when you need starting pitching to go deep into games to save the bullpen. But it's hard to argue with his, not only his ability to win Cy Young's in the regular season, but he's an elite postseason pitcher. Um, he really, really comes alive in the postseason. So, I mean, looking at all of those things, I just I, I think he would be a great candidate for this team, but it might it might be too much money. And you got to look at it this way, too. Would you you know, are you are you saying is it either or right? Is are you either getting Snell or Yamamoto or Probably. are you getting are you getting both of them? You know, like who knows? Um, I don't know how crazy. The Dodgers, I don't know if they're going to go to the, the Steve Cohen level of just insanity. Um, so which one would you rather have? I mean, obviously, you know, Snell's the proven guy in the majors. Yamamoto, a little bit of a wild card, even though he has a ton of accolades in Japan. But sometimes it doesn't translate as as well over to the United States. So, you know, you either go with the devil, you know, or the devil you don't know. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Yeah, absolutely. Harmony Davis, loyal listener. What about Sonny Gray? We've brought up Sonny Gray. I just 
feel like I, I didn't realize he's 34. So that makes me a little hesitant to give him a three or four year deal. Kind of feels like he's getting near the end of his career. And I don't really want to go through the Scott Casimir or Brandon McCarthy experience again. Sonny yeah, Gray is obviously a that, better, better that, pitcher. Yeah, I was going to say they're not. He, Sonny Gray's not on that tier. He's not. But I just don't feel confident with Sonny Gray as my game one starter game three. Sure. Absolutely. But we still need to find an ACE. And then that's where Michael Creo mentions Imanga. Um, Imanga. I, I just don't have a good read on him yet, to be honest. He is a lefty. And so that is actually intriguing. And if the Dodgers miss on Yamamoto, which I mean, probably is more likely than not, if we're being honest, because just of how aggressive his market is, then sure. I mean, he's a great fallback option and he's a lefty, so I wouldn't hate it. I think here's the thing, right? If you lose out on Yamamoto, it's not the end of the world. Yeah. If you lose out on Otani, it's kind of the end of the world. I mean, it's not the end of the world, right? I mean, I don't want to go so hyperbolic here, but I'm saying that like you can't you can't not get Otani. If you don't get Yamamoto, it's fine. There are so many other options. We mentioned them. Snell, Montgomery, Gray, Burns, Cease. I mean, there are so many options out there. The market is rich with pitching. So if you don't get Yamamoto, then there are other options on the pitching side. But you got to get Otani. That has to be the priority. And if you don't get him, then I, I think we're, we're not in trouble. But like, come on, how can you not get him? We yeah. whiffed on him when he was posted to the United States when the Angels came in and got him. I did I did hear one little nugget though that basically Otani's going to hold it against teams that leak stuff. And I mean, the Dodgers again, that's that's a, you know, a feather in their cap because Andrew Friedman and Gomes, Brandon Gomes really keep a tight lid on things. So, that might play in our favor too. All right, we're about a half hour into the show. I feel like the rust is off me now. I'm about to get into my groove, but first off, the Incline Dodgers podcast is sponsored by TickPick. There's still a lot of sports going on. There's still concerts going on. And if you're looking for the best deals out there with no service fees or hidden bullshit fees, TickPick has literally events for anything covered. Lakers are awesome right now. Clippers are even getting it together. The Rams are in the wild card hunt. Technically, I don't know what's going on with the Chargers, but if you want to watch them, go ahead all through TickPick and then... Uh, I think the Ducks and the Kings are in there. I don't know anything about hockey, but if you like hockey, look them up. Tick pick. They're in the regular season, so you can still watch games. There you go. Okay, so there's one massive rumor I want to get to in a second, but back to Lance Lynn. So I think it came <laughs> out earlier today. Lance Lynn signed with the St. Louis Cardinals. The only reason I'm bringing him up, to be honest, is because he pitched for the Dodgers half a season, so... It's relevant for anyone that hasn't heard that Lance Lynn is officially on a new team. The St. Louis Cardinals gave Lance Lynn $10 million with, I think, a second-year club option or something if he somehow gets his shit together, which uh, I'm not too optimistic about. But, I mean, my goodness, what a slap in the face. What a middle finger to your fans if you are in the St. Louis Cardinals world. I mean, this is a team that desperately needs pitching and to go out there and you have a lot of great pitching options out there and you go for Lancelin right away. 
that's just a disgrace, to be honest. I mean, if I'm a Cardinals fan, I'd be absolutely furious. You're signing a guy who gave up 50,000 home runs, had an ERA over five, set an NL or a MLB record for most home runs in a single postseason inning, and you're trying to compete in a kind of a weaker division, and Lance Lynn is your first guy off the board. Get the pitchforks ready, Cardinals fans, because you know what that's telling me? They don't give a shit about next season. They're punting. I don't know if you can go that far about this move, because again, it's at the beginning of the off season. And so we don't know what the Cardinals are going to do. And I think that Lance Lynn does have some value in the regular season. I mean, he, we, we saw it with the Dodgers, even though you didn't, didn't like him on the mound as a, as a Dodger. And he ended up being horrendous in the playoffs, but he eats innings to get through these, to get through a long season. You need a guy that's durable, that can go out there and eat innings. He's not going to be your ACE. He's probably going to be their number four or number five pitcher. He'd be a number five pitcher on pretty much any roster at this point, given the, you know, the, uh, the stage of his career where he's at. Right. So I see the value in it, but yeah, I mean, if that's their only move, then yeah, that's a huge middle finger to the fans because this, the, for all intents and purposes, I thought they were going to compete in 2023 and they just didn't. Um, they were terrible. They were so bad that, you know, we started talking about maybe oh, Nolan Arenado gets dealt. Um, yeah. We still might be talking about that. You know, who knows? The Dodgers have been linked to Nolan Arenado forever. Uh, nothing's ever happened on that front. So to me, it's like, okay, it's a it's an okay move to start the offseason, you know, to get to get some starting pitching, to get some depth. But in terms of it being their only move, I don't know. We can't say that right now. They'll, they'll make other moves, but. I'm not too optimistic about the Cardinals out. Well, hey, you should just be happy that we didn't pick up. What did he have a club, a club option or something? Yeah. 18 million. He is not worth 18 million. Oh yeah. No, that's, that would have been ridiculous. We we wouldn't even pay. We we didn't even pay Cody Bellinger that much money. If you're watching along on YouTube, make sure to hit the like button, subscribe to the incline Dodgers. People. We're going to talk about the incline Dodgers awards in a little bit, but let's get into the big rumor here. It was a casual night and just bam out of nowhere. Hector Gomez tweets that the Dodgers are not only obviously pursuing Shohei Otani, but they're also aggressively trying to make a trade to pair him back up with Mike Trout. I, I honestly had my, my jaw drop to the floor because a lot of people are going to be skeptical and say, ah, angels would never trade Mike Trout to the Dodgers. And honestly, they're probably right. Artie Moreno is a dumbass and usually does the wrong thing. But this doesn't say that the Angels are looking to trade Mike Trout. This says that the Dodgers are pursuing Mike Trout. So, I mean, if there's at least a half glass full outlook on this, it shows you that the Dodgers are being aggressive. And if they're at least calling the Angels about Mike Trout, then you have to love that tenacity and aggressiveness by Andrew Friedman because if by off there's an off chance that Mike Trout is available. I'll say it. Burn the farm, burn the entire farm for Mike Trout. Give them everybody they want, because honestly, I think if you have a lineup of Mookie Betts, Freeman, Otani and Trout in some capacity, there is that off chance that they just score two or three runs again in the postseason in typical Dodgers fashion. But there's also high odds that they just go bananas and they just dominate any pitcher 
And we haven't seen Mike Trout on a competent roster in about a decade. And if you put him as no longer having to be the captain and he's now just a supporting character, I honestly think that would really play into Mike Trout's strengths. Oh, it would be a monumental trade for the Dodgers. It's something that I think the baseball world needs in a weird way. Um, nobody, no, I, nobody outside of, of Dodger fandom would want to see Mike Trout and Otani on the Dodgers because the Dodgers are one of the most hated teams around the league. But what I mean by good for baseball is, is that you're finally going to see Otani and Trout in the goddamn playoffs if they play for the Dodgers. You're not going to see Mike Trout in the playoffs for the Angels. I don't care what Ron Washington says that they're going to run down the West. Okay, let's see it. Let's see Anthony Rendon play a game. You know what I mean? So I think it would be an amazing trade. I don't know the validity of it. Again, Hector Gomez has has been a pretty reliable source as a reporter. I mean, he has come through on some things from what I remember, but I haven't heard anything since then um, from any of the sort of the, the, the normal run of the mill guys like, you know, Passan or Rosenthal or even our guys, Fabian Ardaya. I mean, we haven't heard anything from uh, anything more other than Hector's tweet about, about Mike Trout. I think this would be uh, this would honestly be the biggest trade I think the Dodgers and Angels have ever done. I mean, they certainly traded with each other before. Um, the Howie Kendrick trade comes to mind with uh, uh, Andrew Haney, um, and the I remember the Jock Peterson failed trade for Luis Renifo. Thank God we didn't do that. Um, so it's not so foreign that these two teams would trade for one another. But like you say, I don't know if Artie Moreno is going to want to do that. I mean, he is so hell-bent on making a name for himself in this market, in the L.A. market, that I just – giving Trout to the Dodgers is a death sentence for the Angels. I mean, just market-wise, it's going to be a death sentence for them because without Trout and Otani, what the hell do they have? I mean, they're going to have a crop of, of great players – yeah, that the Dodgers will undoubtedly give them, but you know they're not going to be ready to contend now. They're they're and and with their player development, they probably won't even contend ever. So I can't see the upside for the Angels other than getting a just a freaking Brinks truck haul of prospects from the Dodgers. Yeah, I mean you said it. They're not going to win with Mike Trout, so you might as well do something different. And it's not like Artie Moreno is going to be there in the long haul. Anyways, sounds like he's going to sell this team any year now. So if, if it takes Michael Bush, Miguel Vargas, Andy Pajes, second times the charm in this case, throw in some prospects like Gavin Stone, Landon Knack, and maybe even Nick Frosso. That sounds like a lot on paper for Mike Trout, but ultimately you're looking at a roster that is ready to win. Now you would have Mookie, Outman and Trout, I think you could put him in left field, which would be actually a lot better on his body. And then the infield, Freeman, Muncie, Lux, and I, I don't know, Rojas, unless they find another shortstop. And then, of course, Will Smith at catcher. That's an elite lineup. I mean, of course, if you go for Trout, then you then 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 getting a guy like Burns or Cease would be kind of out of the question. Then then you'd have to go free agent pitching which would be Snell or Montgomery or Yamamoto. 
which is fine, I think. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, let me rent a 15 seater van and I'll drive those prospects down the five freeway to Anaheim myself. Yeah. I, I don't want to hear it that Mike Trout is injury prone and it's just not worth it. I mean, he is, but he is injury prone, but it, but it's Mike Trout. Yeah. I mean, what? not to put it in other sports terms, but people said the same thing about Anthony Davis and you know what they did year one. They won an NBA championship. Mike Trout is basically like the Anthony Davis of the major leagues now. But if Mike Trout can put it all together for one season, if the Dodgers can harness a way to put less of a toll on Mike Trout's body, because I don't think he should be playing center fielder center field anymore. You're, you're looking at an all-time lineup with, the guys I mentioned in Otani and also the lake, you know, to go back to your analogy, the Lakers did give up a pretty big haul for Anthony Davis, but what did that, what is that netted? I mean, we still don't know what the Pelicans are, you know, Brandon Ingram is a great player, but I mean, the rest of those guys, I think it was like Josh Hart was involved and Lonzo ball was involved. I mean, those guys didn't really, I mean, Josh Hart's playing well for the Knicks, Lonzo Ball's out of the league pretty much. Um, so uh, Larry Nance, I believe, was in that deal too. Um, he's a good player. But again, it's like, you know, you never know with these guys. You never know what these prospects are going to turn out like. And with the Angels player development, I, you know, you just can't trust that these guys are going to come to fruition. I mean, look, I think you have to, I think you have to get rid of uh, Michael Bush at some point. And he's at he is at the peak of his powers right now in terms of his tradeability, um, because if you're not going to put him on the roster, which they really haven't made that that an effort to do so, then you got to trade him. Same with Vargas, too. I mean, they gave him a good shot. They gave him a pretty decent runway last year. He didn't come through. Maybe year two is different. But these guys, I mean, these guys are great players. They're great minor league players, but you just don't know what they're going to be like. And if the Dodgers aren't going to play them on the team, then give them to someone else and get a good talent in return. There's some good comments in the chat. I mean, I agree with Harmony that the Angels don't know how to handle their injury-prone players. I mean, they basically forced Shohei Otani into Tommy John surgery. Just absolutely reckless. And then Michael Carrillo brings up a good point that Trout does have a degenerative spine disease. But I don't I don't know the severity of it. If if he's allowed to play or if he's capable of playing five years, it's good enough for me, honestly. Like if he sucks or he's just I mean, if we get a title out of it, I don't know. I don't care how long he plays. If we get one, if we get one title out of it. Exactly. I don't think Mike Trout is going to turn to dust in 2024. I think he's still got at least three to five good years left to him left in him before he just completely crumbles. So that's good enough for me. Like the Dodgers need to do something different here. They've been running it back with the same roster every year and it's getting us nowhere. One last question on Instagram, Mad Max underscore a underscore million 2018. Should we reconsider signing Eduardo Rodriguez or should we consider signing? Sorry, Eduardo Rodriguez. If he was willing to be traded, did you hear Did you? Sorry, I, <laughs> no, I botched finish the that question. sentence because I think you were going to make that point. I wasn't going to make the point, but the question is basically, should we give Eduardo Rodriguez a second chance after all he did to us? I heard a report that that said that 
um, the destination for him doesn't matter now. Yeah. What a fool. Well, it, well, which is it? Does it or does it matter? Now that money is the priority, of course it doesn't matter. This guy <laughs> tried to take another 20 million out of the Dodgers during the trade deadline. And they said no. So he vetoed it. I don't want my, that guy. My issue with Eduardo Rodriguez is that I think he believes he's better than he is, or I would say more valuable than he is. So he's going to be wanting top tier, top dollar, top rotation money. And I just don't feel like he's worth that. He's a good pitcher, but I feel like at best, he's a number two, number three starter. I, I mean, if you're if you're going to get him like kind of what we were talking about with Sonny Gray, that can't be your your be all end all choice. You know, that can't be your your big move for 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 pitching wise. If you get him, if you get a, a Rodriguez or a Gray in addition to a Montgomery or a Yamamoto or a Snell, I'm all for it. But getting just Eduardo Rodriguez as the shining free agent signing pitcher, I, I, I'm out on that. And and it's just, I don't know. I I, I think it matters. I, I know that David, uh, our, our colleague here, does not feel like this matters. But I know you, you uh, are with me on this, Kevin. I think it matters if a guy wants to play for the Dodgers. And it was very clear to me at the trade deadline that Eduardo Rodriguez didn't want to play for the Dodgers for whatever reason it was, whether it be close to family, he was dealing with some personal issues or whatever. He didn't want to come to the Dodgers and he obviously doesn't give a shit about winning. That's what that tells me. He And, and, and again, I don't know him or whatever, so he may care about winning, but those actions didn't not comfort me in feeling feeling like I would want to welcome him to the Dodgers after that kind of stunt that he pulled. Yeah, keep that loser off my team. I'll, anytime I think of Eduardo Rodriguez, I just go back to the Yasiel Puig monster three-run home run with Kobe Bryant in the background cheering him on, and I can't get that memory off me. So you know, even if go away, Erod. Even if the Dodgers uh, ended up losing that World Series, which they may have, I wanted that fucking game so bad because of 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 what it has meant since then. I mean, the glove throwing on the ground, Kobe Bryant in the stands, Rich Hill was dealing. Ugh. So that's always going to leave like a good and bad feeling, a uh, good and bad taste in my mouth. What Rodriguez did at the trade deadline will forever leave a bad taste in my mouth for him. Yeah, and, and Ivy's right. Bro goes to J.D. Martinez. Sick. Just a sick MF. So I just dropped in the chat. The third annual Incline Awards are finally here. I dropped the nominations where you can vote now, people, on Friday. And we already got some results in early on. So just to kind of tease things, the Eric Gagne reliever of the year is pretty close right now. Ryan Brazier and Bruce Dar Gratterall are going at it. Um, another funny one is the best blooper gif worthy moment. This one's super close. We've got Brett Beatty misplaying a pop-up and eating it in the face. The Phil Bickford no effing way face after Ryan Brazier cleaned up a bases loaded mess. Then they'll go Rojas 
mic'd up on ESPN and Ryan Stanek with the Bach meltdown. So that's a pretty close award right now. Um, let me see what else we've got. Uh, the the Ger- Gerardo Para Ultimate Dodger Killer is pretty close as well. Berger, Carol, Snell are some of the nominees to pay attention to. Zombie Nation Home Run of the Year. A shout out to Mookie Betts taking Josh Hader deep. Let's see. Oh, Host's Most Wrong Take. This one I think is going to be a runaway. David is out with the flu, but my goodness, he's going to take home the crown, I think, for confidently picking the Padres to reach the NLCS while proclaiming that the Diamondbacks are frauds. I mean, basically the complete opposite happened. We went with Jake saying that the Dodgers would start 40 and 10 (laughs) and me thinking Otani would get traded to the Dodgers by the MLB trade deadline. And then of course you can vote for the Dodgers MVP, the Dennis Santana Memorial Gargantuan Nutsack Award, which there's one clear front runner out there right now. Once when you see the nominations, it's pretty clear, but I mean, Vessia got nominated again because he's kind of, like a green jacket masters. He'll just be in there until he doesn't win. Ryan Brazier's in there. I think Bruce Targratterall's in there. So Evan Is Phillips. Bickford in there? Bickford for that award? Yeah, uh, remember when he when he pitched like three innings? Oh. You know, Bickford, I don't even think I, I think I forgot to nominate Bickford. That would have wow. probably gone for like best individual game, but Bickford might Bickford might get that's his an flowers. honorable mention for sure. That was that was her. he'll get his flowers, I think, for a different award at least. I love I love the incline awards. They're 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 a lot of fun. Um I'm so happy that David had that take about the Padres because I I mean you could do a whole category on me. What was my worst take? You could the, there were so many bad takes that I had to start the season in terms of predictions. I I I think I think my Cy Young Award winner was Julio Rios. So there you go. That's a that's something. I didn't even remember that. So lucky you. <laughs> I remember it because I was like, "Ooh, back here, Julio! Here he comes!" Yep. Okay. I wish I I wish I had remembered that, or if you brought it to my attention sooner, because that that should have been the nomination. To be honest, that's that's an egregious take right there. And I think last season you picked Walker Bueller well, to win I mean, the Cy Young and he blew out his elbow. Right. In 2022, you picked Bueller yeah. to win the Cy Young. I think you're cursing our Dodgers. Maybe you should stop. Yeah. No, I. I yeah. Maybe don't just, ask me for my Cy Young take ever okay. again. Pick pick someone we don't like. Pick Logan Webb or Merrill Kelly or something. All right. I'll, I'll pick an NOS guy next time. So I did this whole show with no notes. This was just my memory. This is just me reading off the rumor mill. We don't have many other rumors left to discuss. Just some other quick hits that came to my attention over the last week. Juan Toribio mentioned that the Dodgers were looking for a shortstop, possibly. Bo Bichette and Willie Adamas were the two names that they brought that he brought up. I could see Adamas, obviously. I don't know if Bo Bichette is a realistic target, but my goodness, would love it if the Dodgers could pull that one off. Yeah, that would be, he would be very expensive. And then Teoscar Hernandez was another outfielder that the Dodgers were looking at. I think Jorge Castillo mentioned that one. That would be a free agent signing. Also, um, 
There's also Lourdes Goriel, I heard, uh, and Tommy Pham. If you wanna if you wanna take one of the former D backs. Wouldn't mind any of them, to be honest. I I think any of them are solid guys out there in left field. I am starting to get an inkling though that Jason Hayward might not be coming back. It seems like he played really well last season, and now he might have priced himself out of the Dodgers because you're going from a guy that was a minor league flyer to probably someone that's going to be making somewhere between six to 10 million on the free agent market. And I don't know if he is going to repeat himself or that was just a flash in the pan. a la like a trace Thompson where he just pumpkins back to what he's been the last three or four years. So he went from kind of being a guy that I would love to see back, but kind of having second thoughts based off potentially what he's asking in the free agent market. Yeah. If he's, if he's too expensive, then, then no, thank you. I mean, he was a, he was a nice surprise um, this year, uh, not only with the bat, but with the glove. I mean, the ability uh, for him to play an elite right field while Mookie Betts could play second base was huge, but I would like to fill second base and shortstop with some legitimate options so that we can keep our gold glove right fielder in right field. I like the fact that Mookie can play second and I like the fact that he can play short in a pinch, but I just want him with the least amount of distractions possible so that he can just focus on playing right field and hitting and just being ready for the playoffs. That's all. All right. Well, it came to my mind right now. Thanksgiving is just a few days away. And I feel like we always mention it this time of the this time of the year when we do a podcast right before Thanksgiving. So I was trying to think of like something off the top of my head, how we could have a Thanksgiving take this season. First of all, want to wish everyone that's listening a happy Thanksgiving. I hope you've got your turkey and all your sides in order. Um, if anyone's got good recipes, feel free to drop them in the comment section or shoot us a DM on our social media because I'm always open to learning how to cook better. That's something I want to improve upon. So this is what I was kind of thinking and I'm getting weird here, but let's say that the Dodgers players are a Thanksgiving feast. How do we categorize these players? So I think the first one that comes off the top of my head is Mookie Betts is the turkey because essentially the turkey carries the entire the turkey carries the entire night. If you have a bad turkey, then I think that throws off the whole meal. So it's kind of like Mookie Betts in the postseason. Turkey's also the main character. That too. And the MVP. So like the postseason, Mookie was a disaster. And that was a, a trickling effect. The entire Dodgers roster in the postseason was a disaster. And I think that started with Mookie. So that's why I think he's the turkey. Freddie Freeman kind of think he's the stuffing because in my opinion stuffing is the second most valuable dish of the night everyone's gonna have a different opinion here but the 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 stuffing complements the turkey and if you have great stuffing with a great turkey then you're talking about an excellent one-two punch after that though this is where i'm gonna need your help jake to kind of break down what we're thinking okay um do you want to go with uh are we doing gravy or are we doing we can like we can do it all the yeah. gravy cranberry the hams, sauce the sweet potatoes we can do sweet potatoes who are you thinking 
I think um I think this I think the sweet potatoes is I don't know. I'm trying to I'm waffling between like uh Max Muncy or Will Smith on I this. I was thinking one. Smith. Um Smith. Okay, yeah, because Smith is like definitely like uh you know, kind of that kind of I mean the 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 sweet potato can yam the, the yams is just I mean it's a great dish, it's a great pairing, it's a complimentary dish. You're not gonna have a full meal of just that, but you need it. Uh and it provides it provides a really nice punch, a really nice compliment to the meal. I think Will Smith is that um he kind of anchors it, I'd say, because you've you've got the uh the savory, right, with the stuffing and the turkey. And you got the the sweet potato yams like that's the that's the sweet the sweet and savory so I think Will Smith is perfect for that. Ivy thinks that Kershaw is the sweet potatoes. I think Kershaw is Kershaw. He we we can't give him the turkey. What are are people with ham? Is that a thing? Do a lot of people have ham with their Thanksgiving meal? I don't. I've never had the ham, um, but I hear that. Uh, I hear that. Uh, I hear, hear that's a thing. I think Kershaw is the ham, where he's no longer the main character, but ham is a pretty important meat. I think to a lot of people as well. I know that you get it on Christmas dinners, but a lot of people have it for Thanksgiving as well. And to some people, ham is the ace. And ham can be the leading dish. So I think Kershaw is the ham. He is like the star of the pitching rotation. The I think I I think um I'm gonna give I'm gonna give gravy to Max Muncie. Okay. I think I think that gravy you you can honestly pour it over top of literally any of those dishes, the turkey, everything. You can pour it over as much or as little of it as you want. And I think for Max Muncy, he's just that guy that is going to get you 35 to 100 RBI, 35 home runs and 100 RBIs. Um, but he's, but you're not, you know, you're not relying solely on him to provide all of the thump. But he does cover that lineup, kind of like gravy covers the dish, if you know what I mean. I like that. And just came to me. I think Kike Hernandez is the cranberry sauce because <laughs> nice. cranberry sauce can be clutch, but at the same time, it's sweet. And I think those two characteristics embody Kike. And and sometimes you don't need it, right? You mm-hmm. don't always need Kike, right? But yeah. but but you have them if you need them. And when you put them there, when you put them in the game, when you put them on the plate, he delivers. I like it. Chris Taylor, he can be the bread rolls. It's not really something you need, but sometimes those bread rolls just hit the spot and come up clutch. And I think that's what Chris Taylor is at this point. He is basically the dinner rolls. Yeah. And then last what about but the not, someone, the pumpkin pie. And I think that's where Evan Phillips comes in because pumpkin pie is like the closer. Oh, of the, the night. closer. Yeah. And that's Evan. Yeah, Phillips. I think I think Evan Phillips, uh, Bruce Star Gratterall. You could go pecan pie too. Yeah. Um, that you know, like any of the any of the dessert items you can give to the bullpen. <laughs> Sean says David Rosenthal is the burnt stuffing because he's he overcooked us. La- he overcooked us on the Dodgers' potential last season. <laughs> it's harsh. I get. 
Yeah. I think this is the same guy I, that calls I, you Will Ferrell. You know, I, I've never, I've never uh, understood that, but I, I'll, I guess I'll take it. Cindergard is the used up napkin that gets thrown out in the <laughs> bin after the meal. Shout out Ivy. That's a good one. That's a good one. I think that covers the Thanksgiving meal. That was that was fun. Dennis Gonzalez, has there been anything out there about Kike lately? Love for him to come back. He was on foul territory, I think, a couple weeks ago, and it sounds like he's just weighing his options. He had a really down season, and he's not a starter anymore by any means. I think he's just hoping for a contract. I think the Dodgers are probably weighing their options right now in terms of what bats they can assess or acquire. But I do think that Kike should come back as a bench reserve. I do think he has a lot of value still coming off the bench, or if you need to insert him in the lineup for a clutch a clutch moment or a clutch game, I'm still on board. I think the I think the difference is is that not only is he not a starter anymore, but I don't think he sees himself that way, which I think is important because that's the main reason why he left for Boston was because he wanted to be a starter. It didn't work out. It's sort of like what happened this season with the Lakers where they started Austin Reeves. And as soon as they moved into the, and he was not good in the starting lineup, as soon as they moved into the bench and he was coming off the bench and and performing in that second unit, he was he's been, he's been amazing since then. I think Kike Hernandez is the same way. Keep him on the bench, let him play. He can play all over the diamond and excellently at any position. I just think that he's way too valuable to let walk again. I, he needs to be a priority. I mean, obviously not uh, of the priorities that we listed at the top of the show with with pitching and Otani, but yeah. he needs to be a priority. We need him. the 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 bench depth is 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 clamoring for a guy like Kike Hernandez, and also. He was one of the only guys that hit in the playoffs. So, and he always does. So you got to keep that guy around. You just have. Yeah, I agree. And like I was saying, I don't think Kike is going to price himself out of the Los Angeles Dodgers budget at this point in his career. So they could find a roster spot for him pretty easily. I mean, at this point, it seems like the versatility just makes him more valuable than a guy like, Michael Bush, who they just refused to find an assignment for. So why the hell not? I think uh, I think we're coming to the last 15 minutes of the show, give or take. So if you guys have questions out there, start dropping them in the chat right now. We'll do a quick Q&A. If you haven't hit that like button already, please do that as well. And if you're not subscribing to our channel, well, then why are you here? Please hit that subscribe button. So this is my idiot of the week, which actually... Happened today on Monday, November 20th. Thank you, Max Scherzer, for going on foul territory earlier this morning and making a bonehead statement to Ken Rosenthal and his buddies with his pitch to Shohei Otani saying, yeah, the money is great, but winning is better. The audacity coming from Max Scherzer saying that. The guy that ditch the Dodgers the moment. Uh, let me take that step backwards. The guy that phoned it in, threw in the towel when his arm was a little sore. Oh, little baby. Do you have a pacifier in your mouth when you were seven years old? Because that's the attitude I'm getting from Max Scherzer. This guy is such a baby. 
a fake tough guy, left the Dodgers the moment he entered free agency to go with the New York Mets. I mean, he chose the New York Mets, not because they were going to win or anything, but because they offered him the most money. And it just pisses me off that he got a, a, a get out of jail free card from the Texas Rangers and the Mets because the Mets were spiraling out of control. And this guy bashes the Mets the moment he leaves them, just like he did to the Dodgers to go to a better situation. Just sickens me. He signed up for this New York Mets, got to cop out the moment there was a little adversity once again. Second time he's done this in the last two years. And then he goes on this podcast and acts like, yeah, winning's better than money. Oh, bullshit. You would choose the money any day, Max Scherzer. Also, it's also good for him that the Rangers didn't need him. You know, like he barely pitched for them. And when he did, he didn't he didn't pitch well. So that's true. They won despite him and he got hurt and he was didn't wasn't heard from again. And he was off the post. He was off the World Series roster uh, after he got injured. And so he got a ring and they didn't need him. They, they, they didn't have to rely on him. And so he got another he got another ring. But to say that, you know, winning is more important than money is just it's just so it's just so hypocritical, just based solely on the fact of what happened with the Dodgers. I mean, he didn't want to go in game six. The Dodgers were forced to use Walker Bueller, which pretty much set him up for not only failure, but also the injury that occurred, you know, in the in the following season it was just so overworked, so overused. And the reason he did it was, I mean, I think partially because he wanted to get a fat contract, which he did. I yep. mean, and it worked out because he ended up getting a ring, not from the team that signed him, but for the team that traded for him. And he didn't even step up for them. So, yeah, I'm 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 tired of I'm tired of this. And and Otani's not going to the Rangers. All right, Jake, got a couple quick segments I want to get from you. First of all, give us your thoughts on the Craig Council contract. And then after that, read off some of your thoughts on the Hall of Fame first year nominees. Okay. Well, I've heard a lot of takes on on the whole Craig Council thing, and and one of them is is that you know now he's the the highest paid manager in baseball, and when you look at you know what uh, what NBA head coaches get paid, what NFL head coaches get paid, what college head, head football coaches get paid, um, you know baseball managers are not paid as lucratively as those other sports, so. I think this was sort of like a precedent setting. Um, oh man, Jake, I wanted your initial reactions. Well, I'm getting there. Okay. I'm getting there. So, but, but I'm giving the context, right? Like I get, I get all of that, but Craig council. That's, that's the guy we're, we're setting the record for a guy that hasn't won anything as a manager he got his team to the nlcs one time i think and it was against the dodgers and they beat him i get that he was in milwaukee they didn't have a lot of resources blah 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 but he had an mvp in uh christian yelich he had uh he didn't well he had ryan braun but after his mvp season 
He had a Cy Young in Corbin Burns. He had an elite closer in, in Hayter and Devin Williams. He had the pieces. He had the good teams and couldn't get it done. And now the Cubs are paying him the most money in all of baseball. And I get it. I mean, he's a good manager, but to me, it was like, I don't know why we're shelling out this much money for this guy that hasn't won uh, a, a single World Series title and has never taken his team to the World Series as a manager. I, I know he's I know he's won rings as a player. I'm not being stupid here, but I'm saying as a manager. I, it was funny because the timing of that, I think after you your initial reaction, he finished second in manager of the year voting or something like that. I, I don't know. I don't think he's going to a much better situation with the Cubs, but maybe they will have more resilience in their spending. But yeah, Jake kind of stole my thunder because when he first had these replies to me, I mentioned that the college coaches were getting paid way more than MLB managers somehow. I mean, you've got Lincoln Riley who's getting paid like a hundred million dollars over the next 10 years total. And he hasn't done shit for USC. I mean, he's helped develop some great quarterbacks, no doubt, but has this guy even won in college football? I don't think so. It seems like he flames out every year with great talent. And then was yeah, his name? Texas I'm with A&M. you. I think it's ridiculous too. I think that's ridiculous too. Is it Texas A&M paying Jumbo Fisher like $76 million to not coach them for the next seven years or something stupid because he was just a disaster and they said yeah we'd rather pay you than coach for us asshole so i think i think ultimately what council is doing is setting an awesome precedent i mean the pistons are paying monty williams i think a crazy amount of money so why not mlb managers why not them next now (laughs) i don't know when dave roberts contract is up but I have a I have a bad feeling he's going to start asking for ten plus million dollars a year, and you better win a World well, Series. And 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 to be honest, he should get it. I mean, he's a he's so much more successful than Craig Council. It's not even close. Here's a question from Ivy: You guys think Otani already knows what team he's going to, or is he de- still deciding as we speak? I feel like he knows where he wants to go, but I do think that money could swing him a different direction if it's an offer he can't refuse. I mean, we know that the West Coast is is appealing to him. We know that he wants to play for a contender, um, and that's pretty much all we know. Uh, obviously, everything with him is close to the vest. He doesn't want any leaks or anything like that. So in terms of our insight into where Otani's at, we just don't have that right now. But we have a very strong suspicion. I mean, it just makes the most sense of any team in the majors that he would come to the Dodgers. I mean, it just makes the absolute most sense of any of the 30 teams. Definitely. All right, Jake Reiner, give me your final thoughts or if there are any additional topics. I, I, I did mention the Hall of Fame ballot. I don't know if you want to get to that or say that next time. Yeah, I'll just I'll just briefly. I mean, we've got some new guys on the list, right? I'll just read some of the new players that have been added to the Hall of Fame ballot. We've got uh, Joey Bats, Jose Bautista. Not a Hall of Famer. Adrian Beltre. First ballot. Cologne, Not a Hall of Famer. Matt Holliday. Not a Hall of Famer. 
which which one? Who are you talking about? You said Batista, no. Then you said Beltre, yes. Bartolo Colon, no. And whoever the other one was, I think no as well. Okay. Yeah, sorry, your your internet is delayed, so I I didn't oh, hear what you said. My apologies. Um that's okay. Uh we've got Victor Martinez. No. No. Uh Joe Maurer, maybe. Yeah. I think Joe Maurer has he got a, a good case. He's he got a good case. He might not be first. He might not be first. That's what I was gonna though. say. Maybe not first ballot, but he'll 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 make it at some point. Uh Brandon Phillips, that do BP, no. no. Um Jose Reyes, no. No. Um James Shields, absolutely. No. <laughs> uh, Chase Utley. Um, I think out of all of those new guys I just mentioned, Adrian Beltre is a first ballot Hall of Famer. I would be shocked if he doesn't get in first ballot. I mean, that guy is one of the greatest third basemen of all time and just an absolute model of consistency uh, throughout his entire career. It's my biggest regret as a Dodgers fan. Letting him go was just the worst. I mean, a lot of people have their own, like with Mike Piazza, I get that. Mike Piazza was, is on that list for me. Sean Green is on that list for me, even though we had him for a while, but trading him to the Diamondbacks is just, what the fuck were we doing um, for Owner Navarro? What the fuck? Um, getting mad all over again, not paying Adrian Beltre. And then we had a fucking decade plus of just nothing at third base. Um, couldn't find a third baseman until like, I think like Juan Uribe. I don't know. And he hey. was, he wasn't even good for his two first years. Casey Blake um, was decent. Oh yeah. Casey Blake. Casey Blake was good. You're right. You're right. Maybe, maybe it was until Casey Blake. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, Adrian Beltre is going to be a first ballot hall of famer. Um, and then there's a bunch of guys that are still on there that I think, I mean, we we've discussed it. Andrew Jones, I think, could get on there, although I don't think he did it for long enough. I mean, he had a great run with the Braves, a great like seven, eight year run with the Braves uh, where he won all those gold gloves uh, and has, I think, the most home runs by, I don't want to say maybe. No, I mean, Griffey has the most home runs. No, I'm okay. I'm, I'm not making up a stat right now. Anyways. Um, yeah. Uh, so whatever. We'll, we'll talk whatever, about all those Kevin. guys later. Chase Utley, because. Maria G brought him up. Chase Utley is really close. He's like the hall of very, very good. He might get in at the very back end where it's like year eight to 10, where he's almost off the ballot, but he's, he's not a first ballot hall of famer. I never viewed him as like a true hall of fame talent. He was always just a really good baseball player. And maybe he makes his case because he is one of the best of the best second basemans ever, but it's going to take a few years. Um, Dennis Gonzalez. I don't think agrees about Dennis Gonzalez agrees with you, Jake, about Sean green, Sean asking which rooftop bar am I streaming from? I wish I was streaming from a rooftop rooftop bar. And then this will be our last question. I think from Ivy, what is your guy's favorite restaurant in Los Angeles? I am going to go with this uh, Italian restaurant in Brentwood called Toscana. I think it's one of the best really? uh, Italian restaurants. Really, Jake? Yeah. And, oh, man. Yeah, really. 
You like my it there? favorite restaurant. I God, grew up you're, there. You're such a Brentwood person. I mean, what is that supposed to mean? Of course I am. I grew up in Brentwood. Only only Brentwood I mean, yeah, people I'm a Brentwood rave person. about that restaurant. It's not bad, but it, it's yeah, not my favorite. Yeah, and for good reason. I went there. Okay, fine. Whatever, dude. I went there in April and I was I was pleasantly underwhelmed. But well, I guess, you know, I guess a, lot Ivy was, to, a lot of it has to do. Ivy was looking it up yesterday. That's all I was going to say. Can I? Can I? Can I just finish? It's a it's a it's also a nostalgia thing. Grew up in Brentwood, went there all the time. My family goes there. They know us there. I've had, you know, best friends of mine have gone there. I mean, it's just it's just I think it's I think it's brilliant. That's my favorite restaurant in L.A. I don't know this restaurant, Il Pasteo, Pasta, Pastasteo. Is that another Brentwood restaurant? I, I'm i not familiar. I don't know, but it sounds like you're pronouncing it wrong. It's in the chat, man. The Window in Santa Monica. I don't, I've never been there either, but I think I've heard of that. Okay. So I'm a big pizza guy. I've gone to the best of the best pizza restaurants in Los Angeles. I think that there's a couple ones that are really high up there for me. And then I'll get to my favorite restaurant. Pizzeria Sai, which is in West LA, I think. Great pizza. Desano Pizza in East Hollywood. Excellent pizza. Both wood fire. Highly recommend if you're trying to find some of the best pizza out here in Los Angeles. Now, my favorite restaurant this is tough because I don't normally, I normally can't limit it. I can't limit it to one place. So I'm kind of cheating here because it's actually in Santa Barbara, but my favorite Mexican restaurant is Los Agaves. They have a Nagura Hills location as well. Don't know if you've been there, Jake, but I highly recommend for some of the best Mexican food in Southern California. I have not, but that is that is a really good recommendation. I'm also going to throw this is uh, this is the snobbiest uh, restaurant I can throw out there, but it is just the best, uh, which is Nobu in Malibu is is one of the best restaurants in uh, the L.A. area. I don't know if we're going to count Santa Barbara, though, Kev. We're not, but that's my that's like my favorite restaurant, I think, in SoCal. But my favorite restaurant, I guess um in LA I've been to Bestia I wasn't impressed went to oh Hatchet Hall in Culver City Oh no I hated Hatchet Hall Really It's been it's so highly recommended and it's so hyped up I could I I didn't like it I didn't get it I didn't like it Did You get the cornbread Yeah well, the cornbread's great I but guess we're just on different wavelengths. Didn't do it for me. Bummer. We have different palettes, which makes this podcast the best. You are a sparkling water guy, so I'm not surprised. <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? It's dirt water. That's my hottest take is that sparkling water <laughs> sucks. All right. All right. We're off the rails here. Let's close out the show final thoughts or anything you want to talk about in the last three I, minutes. I'm just ready for this uh, Dodgers off season to get going. 
but I'm really enjoying uh, the Lakers right now. I think that that it's been a really fun, interesting season so far. They finally have a winning record. I think they're coming together. I just wish they were a little less reliant on LeBron. I I want the supporting cast to kind of wake up and pull their weight. I want to see what we have with Vanderbilt and with um, uh, Gabe Vincent. That's one thing. And then I'm also, even though I know a lot of Rams fans out there are upset that the Rams won because it means that their you know uh, draft pick is going to get ruined and they're not going to get as high of a draft pick. But as a fan, I'd love to see the Rams win. I know that that nobody expects the Rams to win any anything, but like I love being in that position. I love being in that scrappy, uh, no one thinks anything of us position. And the Rams have an, uh, 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 are they're in the hunt for the playoffs and they're playing Arizona next week. So I think that if they win that game, you know, things could get really interesting. That was a sub tweet because I'm one of those Rams fans that this season's over, but whatever. Sean, Sean thinks that Jake Reiner has the more sophisticated palette. So there you go. And Dennis Gonzalez says, right on Jake Rams house. And Harmony thinks I'm a numero unos guy, even though I don't think I've ever been there, but I don't, <laughs> I don't really want to go there. Domino's is the best of those fast food chain restaurants, but I've kind of cut that place out because it's, it's not healthy. No, it is not. All right. I Oh, wow. Ivy. Can Jake put your top five restaurants in the discord? I guess he likes your takes. So you might need to drop your top five sure. in the discord chat, the incline discord chat. It's in there. If you guys haven't joined. Okay. So my final thoughts are, I don't expect much action for another or week or so. It's Thanksgiving time. Andrew Freeman's going on podcasts. He's sleeping at the wheel. Usually I think the Dodgers really get into high motion early December. That's when that's when they really get things moving. It'll be right around the winter meetings. The winter meetings, right? Mm-hmm. That's when Shohei Otani is going to sign. That's when probably Yamamoto will sign. That's when Blake Snell will probably sign as well. One of these pitchers is going to just set off a flurry. I think that a lot of people are speculating Otani is what's going to get this market moving. I honestly think more teams are in it for starting pitching. I think this is the most jam-packed all-in on starters we've probably ever seen heading into an offseason. And I think day after day, Nola was the first domino. Dodgers were in that one as we discussed. We're going to see another big name pitcher probably right before or right after Thanksgiving come off the board as well. And it wouldn't surprise me if you see the Dodgers link to that guy as well. I think that any week now the Dodgers are going to land a big fish. It's just a matter of who. All right. Jake's nodding his head in approval. That is the show tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't already, Subscribe to the Inclined Dodgers podcast. Or if you're listening on the audio feed, wherever you get your podcast, please be a subscriber and leave us a five-star review. If you're a fan or if you're watching on YouTube, leave some comments in the chat. Let's get this party going. We'll respond back to you. But on that note, hope everyone has a great Thanksgiving and let's hope the Dodgers make some moves. Peace out, everyone. Go Dodgers. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.